Ryan Fleming can help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Thanks for joining us today on the Pilot's Advisor. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Ryan Fleming. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about your 10-point checklist for retirement preparedness, how to start 2023 off to a good start and carry it all the way through the year with some good money habits and changes. If you listen to this show, ask yourself the 10 questions that we're going to cover, and you have some good answers to these questions, that's going to be a sign that you're pretty prepared for retirement. If not, well, it's going to be a sign that you might need to do some additional planning so that you can get more confident in your financial future. Ryan, of course, is serving you worldwide, based out of St. Louis currently. In the future, will be based in South Carolina. Uh, but worldwide, you can meet with him, talk to him, work with him about your finances and your retirement future. Go to retirepilots.com for lots of great resources and more information. Ryan, good to be with you, man, and I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, except for, you know, I thought 2023 would be a better year. And I actually started out 2023, literally like two minutes into 2023, Uh-oh. and my Ohio State Buckeyes lost to Georgia after playing a fabulous game. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, man, 2022 was rough enough, and now i got to start out the year with that? It was a tough start. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry, my friend. I, the rest of the world has probably, you know, probably celebrated that loss. <laughs> but I know that you, you Ohio folks were... Not pleased at the result of that one. Well, you know, I know we're we're well hated, Ohio State. We're well mm-hmm. hated, but at this point, I think you know Georgia's starting to climb up there with Alabama. Like, yeah, we're just tired they're going to be right there. Tomorrow, so, and any SEC team, we can kind of throw some shade. Yeah, at, right? there we go. And yeah. and you know, I'm one of those people though too, Walter. I, you know, I, I get that people hate Ohio State, and I get that we get to see Georgia and Alabama, and I hate that we lost in the uh, Final Four. I hate that we lost, but. I'd rather be there and lose than not be there at all. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I'm sure the Vikings feel the same way after all their years of uh, making it to the Super Bowl and losing. Hey, at least they made it there. To you the know, show. as a matter of fact, I felt exactly like a Vikings fan because we were sitting there kicking a field goal to win it. That's right. With like two seconds left, and it was it was a shank, and all of a sudden it was over. And I'm like, you know what? This is what it's like being a Vikings fan every year except for this year because they've done so well this year. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Well, since you mentioned football, Ryan, and I know we're a couple of weeks removed from when this happened, um, but I just thought it'd be great to get your perspective on it because it was something that did kind of captivate the country. Even non-football fans, I think, were captivated when the Bills player, DeMar Hamlin, went down on that Monday night football game and um, had the, you know, the hit to the chest and, um, you know, his heart stopped and they revived him on the field after several minutes and prognosis didn't look good at first, but then he, you know, made some really good recovery that following week. And, you know, we all continue to follow that story, um, you know, kind of through the, the next couple of weeks. But what was going through your mind as a former player and someone who's still very well connected, I think, in the football world on the college level, especially um, when, when you saw that happen? I'm just curious how you reacted to it being a, a former football player. It was wild and crazy. I, I remember feeling very sick to my stomach watching it. I think most of the time we sit here and it's like, oh, there's another head injury and we're hoping somebody's not paralyzed. And what was so different about this one, especially now we're a couple weeks removed and we've done a little bit of research on what actually happened. Um, and it sounds to me like it was a freak, freak thing to where his heart got hit right at the wrong moment to cause him to go into 
um, basically having a heart attack on the field. And what's crazy about it too is that he probably would have died if he wasn't in a game when this happened. Right. Because all those medical professionals being right there uh, probably saved his life. And my father, or excuse me, my brother-in-law actually runs the Bengal Stadium, so he was there live. Oh, and wow. he said that he has never seen anything like it. And as soon as I heard that they were actually doing CPR on the field, that's when it changed everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my Lord, what is going on? And I was having visions of us losing a, someone's life on a football field. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I don't, even know, I don't even know what to say, Walter. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, um, I can't imagine what goes through your head as a former player and then especially what's going through those, you know, the current players and the ones who were on the field, what they were going through and their emotions in that moment. You know, I've, I've actually seen some of that happen in hockey over the, over the years. I can't think of anything super recent, but I remember a couple of instances over the last two decades or so because um, it's not uncommon for, you know, players to stand in the way of a puck flying at them at 100 miles an hour. And there's been a few incidents where guys have been hit in the chest, and it caused that same issue in in hockey. And then apparently baseball players, um, it, really? it can happen a lot. Yeah. Did did anyone lose their life? I think uh, you know people have been very fortunate at being revived in that issue because I guess the benefit is uh, not in hockey. I think they were able to revive all the guys, and many made returns to long-standing careers afterward. So you can have some pretty good recovery and prognosis if you can, you know, obviously limit the the long term damage in those first couple of minutes of uh, of aid. And so it's it's just amazing to see that kind of recovery from something so serious. But you know, if everything's healthy underneath and it was just a freak accident like it is, then you know you've got a good chance to come back and be back on the field, which is just mind boggling. Well, I certainly hope that's the case with him, and I would imagine the recovery is just being in front of medical professionals like that, but it's definitely scary stuff. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing your perspective. I um, don't don't want to get too far off track as we have our checklist to get into here in a moment, but I just thought that would be an interesting sidestep to get your thoughts on uh, something that did kind of captivate the nation this month. Um, a little bit and continue to follow the story. And I thought it was really neat when the Bills won that next game, they gave the game ball to the uh, to the trainer that revived him on the field, like the main oh, trainer. Oh, cool. I, was... I actually didn't even see that. But that that's... Yeah. you knew something was different when you started seeing those players' faces, that something, something different was going on, that yep. they weren't just checking for head injuries. I mean, could you imagine looking down at one of your teammates and they're performing CPR because you're just not there? Yep. Just uh, just amazing, and uh, big credit to the medical professionals involved and uh, being able to help out in that regard. Uh, well, thanks again, Ryan, for your thoughts on that. Let's jump into our checklist now and see if we can ask some key questions for 2023 to get us on the right track. We'll kind of go some little bit of rapid fire between these. But again, here's the goal. As you listen to these, start thinking, do I know the answer to these questions? Am I confident in my responses to them? And if not, then kind of check each one of those off in your mind. And if you get several of these where you're like, yeah, I'm not sure, I don't know. Um, then that might be a great reason to call Ryan, reach out, get in touch, talk a little bit more about your retirement and financial plan. So here's the first question on the checklist, Ryan, that somebody needs to know the answer to if they want to consider themselves well-prepared for retirement. And that would be, do I know exactly how much income I need every month? Why is that the kind of the top of the list? Well, it's so funny. I have a lot of clients that are nearing retirement and the amount of things they have not thought about. So I'm like, okay, how much do you think you'll need Every single month, like what are your expenses? No clue. So 
as you get closer to retirement, and you're, definitely you're like, start the very first question. That. It's like, yeah. okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, because this is a basic. I mean, really start thinking about what what your income needs are every single month, or if you have a pension, how much above and beyond that 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 pension income or Social Security income do you need? So start thinking about that. Okay. Yeah, good to know and good to think about that. It's top of the list. Always will be. Question number two, do I know which account I should withdraw from first? So we get the income piece of the equation maybe figured out, but then we got to figure out, okay, where is all this money coming from? Well, exactly. And this comes into taxes and so many other things, whether it's tax deferral, tax free. And this is where I think people are really, really good at saving for retirement. They know they have to save money, but once they get to the distribution phase of retirement, they really haven't thought about that. And how do you keep Uncle Sam out of your pocket? Um, one of the, the things I've been talking about recently is, do you really want the government to be one of your major beneficiaries? And if the answer is no, then we got to come up with a plan. And this is something we specialize in. I'm a, a retirement income certified professional. Which accounts to access first? Where to get that income from? Where does it make the most sense? So these are things we talk about. And this is what you gain by having a good retirement income plan. I got to imagine there's so many people out there who might be well-educated when it comes to saving and investing, and they've done a great job in those areas, but may not even realize just how much money can be saved or lost if you withdraw from the wrong accounts first, if you go in the wrong order, and if you don't have all of those tax considerations figured out. So good to have somebody that specializes in that like you, Ryan. Um, Social Security, we know that's a big element of planning for retirement, and that's why that's on the list in this 10-point checklist for preparedness for retirement. Do I know the ideal time to take Social Security? The big thing here, right, Ryan, is that you can't make that choice in a vacuum. Well, absolutely not, and I think it's a crazy topic for today because, you know, the joke always is if you can tell me when you're going to die, I can tell you exactly when to take Social Security. But since we don't know that, obviously, but the other the other side of it is, I don't think Social Security is going to go away, but I think there's going to be big changes in the future. And I think it's going to be less and less of an income replacing uh, modem for, for retirement. And so do you wait until it's a reduced Social Security benefit? Or should you start taking it right now? And if you don't need the money investing it, there's a lot of questions to ask right now. And, and we have to make some assumptions in making those decisions. Hey, if you're ready to have clarity and thrive in your retirement, you're in the right place. And I've got another resource for you to check out. Go to retirepilots.com and look right there on the homepage. You'll be able to click Get My Free Toolkit. What this is going to do is help you get for free Ryan's Retirement Toolkit. This is going to include his two books, The Pilot's Advisor and Pilot's Retire Early, revealing the nine critical decisions when retiring and the seven lessons to save your retirement. Not only does it include the books, but lots of other goodies packed into this free toolkit that'll be sent to you ASAP. It's a great starting place for any pilot to begin their retirement journey. Go to retirepilots.com. Good points across the board. All right, three items down on our checklist. A couple more to go here. Number four, have I addressed longevity risk so that I don't outlive my money? Who would have known living a long time was risky? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, exactly. And this is why we plan out for a 30-year retirement and hope that we make it that far. Um, and, you know, pilots don't have the best track record. And then you start into some other conversations here about family history or what are your long-term goals? I mean, if it's passing along some of your assets to your beneficiaries, then there's a lot of more tax, better tax ways to do that so they don't have a big tax bill. So 
uh, making sure that your money lasts, but also positioning it to not give it all to Uncle Sam. So again, those taxes keep popping up throughout a lot of these different elements. Always going to be the case. Uh, Number five, am I prepared to handle market volatility? Well, folks should go back and listen to our last show where we dove into a little bit of that conversation as we look ahead to 2023. How many plans do you see come through your door or lack thereof um, You know that, that properly address volatility inside of their portfolio? Well, I think this is near and dear to our hearts right now. And it's so funny because pilots, you know, they want all of the upside and none of the downside. You know, they want those amazing, amazing returns when the market's up. Yeah, who, but if who, the market's down... Who doesn't down, want that, Ryan? Yeah, they want, they want no losses or... They expect you to have positive returns when everything in the market's going haywire and going down. So I've had to have this conversation a few times that I can't make miracles happen. You know, of course, coming off of 2022. But also, I mean, do do you know what's causing the volatility in your portfolio? Do you know what your standard deviation is? And so these are good questions to have and find out if you are truly invested in the actual risk tolerance that you actually have. All great points across the board on the show today. Again, if you've got questions about this, go to retirepilots.com. More information for you there on the website, including the Retirement Toolkit, where you can get some great resources and information specifically for those of you who are maybe beginning your retirement planning journeys. That's retirepilots.com. Do you have a plan to combat inflation? This is something a lot of people ignored for many years, Ryan, but now it's on everybody's radar. But it's something that you've always worked and incorporated into your plans. Well, absolutely. We take into account taxes and inflation. And of course, we don't know what the long-term prognosis is, but you got to make a plan based off of the assumptions we can make. And you know, the, the, the next question is, everybody's feeling the effects of inflation right now. And is that going to change our long-term planning for inflation? Uh, most experts right now still think we should use the 3% long-term, meaning that the inflation as high as it is right now will eventually settle down and, and take care of itself and over the long-term still be about a 3% inflation. But I, I think this woke up everyone showing how inflation can, can ruin your portfolio and ruin your retirement. Yeah, just like that, when the cost of driving to see your grandkids goes up threefold, um, you start going, oops, oh, wait, wow. Now, instead of 10 trips a year to go see the, the kids or something like that, we can only do five. Or instead of five, we can only do two. And, and that can really change a lifestyle pretty quickly when all these things swirl and change around us. So it was a good eye-opener for a lot of people. And hopefully um, we can get back to a situation, Ryan, where it it doesn't continue to be an eye-opener. That would be nice if we can have learned our lesson and move on, but we'll have to see. Uh, Go ahead. I was just going to add in there, we we don't realize how lucky we've been over the years having inflation under control because a lot of these other countries, I mean, they've dealt with rampant inflation for decades where overnight, you know, inflation's up 30%. And we're so used to having bread and goods in the grocery stores and getting stuff, you know, where everything's affordable, whether it's whether it's gas or food. And I think 2022 was a good reminder of, hey, you know, we we expect all these things, but it's not guaranteed. And uh, you know, if, if if it can keep everybody with a a different mindset of how lucky we are as Americans, I think you know that's something to take away from this inflationary uh, period we've had. Well, I feel like we don't need to do this next one, Ryan, but we'll throw it out there because it's on the checklist. It's just that it's already popped up so many times. But another question to ask yourself for retirement preparedness would be, am I prepared for the possibility of future tax increases? We talk a lot about taxes in the moment, but even more importantly, got to think about years down the road. 
our taxes are still historically low. So if you don't think taxes are going to go up in the future, I might go back and do a little bit of research. And if that is the case, if you do think taxes are going to go up in the future, what things are you doing right now to create the best retirement plan for yourself when you're 60, 65 and entering a retirement for the long term? These are all things that we have to plan for. Ask yourself all these questions for sure. All right, there's three to go. Uh, number eight, do I have a plan to address health care costs? If that's not part of your planning process, that's an issue as well. There are so many pilots that want to retire at 60, and then all of a sudden they see how much health care is going to cost hmm. just to bridge the gap to 65, and they keep working because of that. Um, those military pilots that got a military retirement have a lot more options because they have health care for life, but health care costs are going to continue to go up and they're going to continue to be something that's going to affect your retirement. Got to remember all of these different little elements in a retirement plan, healthcare being another one that can often get overlooked or people don't want to have to think about it or think, hey, it won't happen to me. But so many of us will face uh, major issues as we get older. Uh, number nine, do I have a legacy plan nailed down? How often are you talking legacy planning with your clients? All the time. And uh, this comes into estate planning, legacy planning. And what I find with a lot of my clients, they start realizing that, hey, maybe I'm not going to use all this money I've saved up in my 401k, but they've come up with no plan to not give it most of it to the government. And I think this comes back to where we are really, really good at the uh, accumulation phase, saving money for retirement. But when it comes to the distribution phase, when you're actually in retirement, nobody really plans for that. And Based off of your retirement income plan and your strategies in retirement, there's many, many ways or many, many um, strategies that you can use to get the government not being one of your major beneficiaries. And this is definitely something we should talk about. Yeah. Do you want Uncle Sam to inherit uh, everything that's left over after you're gone or not? <laughs> Would you rather that go to someone or something else? And uh, it sounds like most people are on the uh, the second half of that equation there, Ryan, the, the, the non-government inheritance plan. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Except for maybe your, your most patriotic supporters, your, you know, true patriots. I want the government to get all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give it. Well, yeah, it's like uh, little, little nobody really cheap. realizes when they don't do anything that when they put 100% or 50%, you know, for if they have two kids, that really that's, you know, 30 here, 30 there, and 30% of the government. Mm -hmm, exactly. Last but not least, Ryan, number 10 on this checklist, do I have any current investments or products I don't fully understand? I'm sure you can uh, count the ways people walk in and you're exploring their portfolio or their plan and you start asking them, well, how'd you get into this? Or how did this come about? Why are you in here? And they may not even know that that exists, let alone be able to explain it. Well, and this is why it's so important because I, mean, I, I don't even have a, enough time to, to tell you all the stories about uh, investments that people are in and they don't understand. But this is why, you know, it's a free look. I mean, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you a secure link and you can upload all your statements and I will do a free analysis for you. And after I do that analysis, we'll get on a Zoom call and we'll go through it together. And if I can show you a better way or give you some value, you'll know it right away based off the numbers. And if I can't, you'll learn something. So uh, feel free to reach out, order our retirement toolkit, and maybe we can sit down and have a meeting. All right. Very good. Again, the way to get that retirement toolkit is to go to the website, retirepilots.com, or just check for the link in the description of today's show. That'll get you a great starter for beginning your retirement planning journey. Lots of great information there. Retirepilots.com. Look for the retirement toolkit. Wonderful place to start as well. 
Ryan's the author of the book, The Pilot's Advisor, Why Pilots Today Need Specific Financial Advice. We give you a lot of that here on the show, but when you come in and meet with Ryan one-on-one, that's where you can really drill down into your particular airline, your particular packages that you have and that you've been contributing to. All of those things become so important as you navigate your way through uh, your retirement preparation years, and Ryan is there for you every step of the way to help you make the best decisions, not just on a pension, not just on a 401k, but all of these different elements, healthcare, social security, combating inflation, and the big one, taxes, of course. Um, Wrapping all of that into the planning process is so important so you don't leave any stones unturned. So reach out, give Ryan a call or a text if you prefer that way. 843-475-3038. Well, Ryan, thank you. I appreciate all your help on this checklist today and hope you have a great rest of your week. And even with that Ohio State loss, I know there are better things on the way for you this year. Oh, my God. You had to rub it in right at the end. (laughs) Had to bookend it. You know, you started off with that. We got to bring it back at the end. (laughs) Always taking care of me, Walter. I appreciate that. All right, man. Take care. We appreciate it. That's Ryan Fleming. I'm Walter Stroll. We'll see you next time on The Pilot's Advisor. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.